Hello and welcome to the Sage's Cabin podcast. I'm your host, Rox Madeira. Within the Sage's Cabin, I interview herbalists, healers, foragers, nutritionists, growers, movement practitioners, historians, herbal crafters, feminine writers, and other wise folk to provide you with a wealth of expert knowledge. Some of these people have gifted additional bonus material to Hansha Learning, which you can find in the Patreon that supports the podcast. So if you want to support the podcast and get the bonus material, you can do that by signing up to the Patreon, which is Wise Herbal Ways. And you can check out the work that I do um, on my Patreon, Wise Herbal Ways, where we do sacred plant journeys, connecting to connect with the plants. Um, I also run women's circles and mother's circles and I offer nutritional therapy uh, online or in person um, and also restore your core and yoga classes. So come and connect with me and come and listen to what the Wisdom Keepers have to say and I really hope that you enjoy the podcast and if you do please like, share and subscribe. So for now grab a cup of tea and sit back and relax and join me in the Sage's Cabin. In this month's podcast, I'm talking to Amanda Murphy, and she's a Shavan from Ireland, and she's talking all about her lineage and her practices and her spirituality, um, and the different ways that you can connect with the ancestors and her journey, um, which is all in a book which is published by Womancraft Publishing. And it just seemed like a quite a nice episode to put out in time for Samhain. Yeah. Hi then, <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wonder if we could start by um, just saying who, like, who you are and what you do. I, I got a copy of your your book. I've been um, working my way through it. Ah, lovely. Yeah, so I'll just introduce myself, and um, and then you can ask the question. Yep. I'm much better with questions. I can kind of meander on them, you know. Okay. <laughs> so hi, I'm Amantha Murphy, and I am a mother of four and a grandmother of four so far. And I live now in Ireland, in Southern Ireland, on family land. And I grew up talking to spirit and talking to the stone people and the tree brethren. My grandmother, whom we, my brother and I, spent all our summers with was the local midwife and healer in the area. So she really introduced me to the land, and the land was my great mother. Um, in my family, we always prayed to the mother. Granny used to say, no point praying to Jesus. If you want anything, you pray to the mother. She's the one that will get it for you. So I grew up with that awareness of the mother and the presence of the mother, and so it was very easy to see that also as part of the land. So I grew up. I grew up um, in an Irish Catholic school, and very much um, I'm dyslexic, and they didn't understand dyslexia in the fifties. So it was very difficult. My subject was mathematics. I was very good at maths, but couldn't spell to save my life. Still can't. <laughs> my writing's still dreadful. So it made me very conscious of myself, very aware, and I felt like I spent my childhood and teen years really trying to fit in. By the time I got to 16, 17, 
I became a hippie, so I decided I didn't need to fit in anymore. I could be myself. And I became quite a rainbow woman for a little while. I started doing clairvoyance around 19, 1920, and started moving into doing different forms of healing. I moved away from Ireland very much when I was 16. For every year when I would go back, I would lie in the field and my granny would just leave me there. And this energy would come and talk to me and I'd call her the old woman, she or her. And when I was 16, she came to me and she said, you cannot stay here, you must go and learn. And at the time, it broke my heart because my whole focus had been to move back with my grandmother and live there with her and learn more from her. So I had to go forth, and that was very difficult. So it wasn't until I was in my 30s, really, that I started moving back to working with the land. And I met a very old, little Native American woman, and um, she looked at me and she pointed, stuck her finger on my chest bone like this, pointing at me. And she said, why are you here? Because I was in America at the time. Why are you here? Why are you here? You are the keeper of your people's stories. You must go back. You must learn. You must go back. And it really woke me up. And I realized, gosh, why am I here? I have such a rich culture myself. I grew up listening to all the old women telling the stories around my now my granny's fire, my granny was a widow. A few of the elder women were also widows, and so they'd get together most nights, you know. And I'd be listening to the stories and just drinking them in. If you tell me a story, I don't forget it, but they ask me to read it from the book, you know. I can't remember. So I realised, yes, I should be home again, I should be back. So I started coming back to Ireland again and weaving myself back into the land and back to the trees and the stone people. And the trees started taking me down into their roots and they showed me their roots and they told me, do you see our roots and how we are fed from our roots? Our roots hold us. I said, yes, and they said, well, you too have roots and your roots are your ancestors. Mm. And you have two parents, four great, uh, four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents continued on. And you too are fed by them. You too carry them within you. And I began to realize, gosh, this is true. I carry them within me, not just in my build and coloring, but in my patterns, in my habits, you know. And I began to learn more and more from that. And then the tree showed me that the, the trunk was this reality, connected to this reality, this middle world. And this is my trunk, you know. And, and as I age, and I get you know, wrinkles and folds on my body, just like you see the, the trunk of the tree, you know, getting like that and with the nobles and the bits growing on it. And then the upper world were the branches of the trees, the place of spirit. And that's what I've been connecting to a lot. And so I started going down and I realized how important it was to have that groundedness, to have those roots. How could I grow here in this middle realm? How could I create and attract if I didn't have the roots? And how can I connect with spirit and allow the energy of spirit to come through if I didn't have the roots to hold me? And how everything around me, unbeknownst to me, was influenced by everything that I was carrying within me. All these patterns, all these habits, all these instincts that were coming through from my ancestors. And so I began a journey 
with the ancestors. I began working with them more and more. And the energy of the old women was very strong for me. So I had this circle of grandmothers that used to work with me and still do. And whenever I'm in circle, they come and stand around the circle and hold the space. And they taught me how my bloodline went way, way, way back, spiraling back to first woman. And how we have to remember who we are as women. We have to remember all that we carry as women. And one way of retrieving that is through rituals and ceremonies. Because we've forgotten how to embrace the sacredness. We've forgotten that when we go through situations of difficulty and pain, that that needs to settle within us. And where does it settle? How do we, you know, when we come through it, how do we allow that to settle? How do we honor what we've gone through? Because we become warriors in our life. You know, we're not always born as warriors, but we become warriors as women because of the things we've had to grow through and go through. And so by recognizing that, by acknowledging that through our rituals and through our ceremonies, it settles within us. It becomes a part of what I see as the weed. And for me, the weed is something I've always seen. And it's like a, a very fine, you might think of it as a very fine cobweb or a very fine tapestry mm-hmm. that every person is born with. And it is your soul's imprint. This is the soul's imprint of everything it's looking to grow through in this lifetime. And so this very fine tapestry around you has outlines. You know, like children's books when they color inside the lines, you know? It's like that. They have outlines. And every experience we go through is a thread on our weave. So as we grow through life, we are coloring our own weave. And when the whole pattern is completed, the whole picture is finished, then we move on. And so that weave around us literally, electromagnetically attracts all that we are looking to go through, to grow through in this lifetime. And it all began to make sense. It all began to come together. And I've been working, as I said, with people since my early 20s. And so I began to bring all these teachings through working in groups, working with mainly women, some mixed groups, but mainly women, because I I still to this day find that when women come together, magic happens. Magic happens. And women can allow themselves to fall into a deeper place, a deeper space. There's a sense of safety. And I see it as the chalice. That each woman is part of that chalice holding the chalice and each woman can be held within the chalice and so gradually we awaken ourselves to the sisterhood we awaken ourselves to realizing how we can support each other how we can hold each other and how we can be supported by each other and be held by each other and gradually we move into shamanic priestessing where we can hold that space for others too not by putting out what we deem they need but by holding the space for them to find what they need. And there's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. And so that's very much my work. And so that's now what I do. I also do pilgrimages in Ireland of sacred sites. I've been doing that since 1995. And um, so 25 years 
<laughs> but taking what you have to take away the two years of the COVID, of course. And I love it. I absolutely love that. We go to sacred sites and we sometimes we do rituals there. Sometimes we go in silence. Sometimes we go in dance and song, depending on what is being called through us when we go to the different sites. And it's very much, I'm very much dedicated to the matrilinear. So I'm very much connected to the goddesses. And, and I have deep respect for the male deities too, but my personal thing, because I was brought up under the mother, is that feminine energy. And of course, Ireland has that very strongly. And so for a lot of women, when they come on the pilgrimages, they're actually beginning to embrace aspects of themselves through the deities. The deities become the archetypes. And they can begin to recognize they carry that within them. And for a lot of women, it can be fearful to be, say, for example, in a space of pure grace. In space of what? Grace. Hmm. Because in grace, there can be a sense of vulnerability when other people are maybe heavy or rough or, you know, pushing, getting their word out, wanting to be the one to speak, you know. And so being able to balance that with their passion, being able to balance that with their power, so that they can be in the presence of all of their nature. Because we've had to push so much, fight so much, sometimes we've forgotten that there are times too and we need to just hold. Mm -hmm. hold. And so it's the balance of all of us. So that's what I work with. Mm -hmm. And now I have apprentices who um, want to work with the way of the Shaban. And I started that during COVID online. I've been fighting being online for about 13, I don't know, 13 years. And uh, I didn't think I could do it. I just didn't think I could get it across online. But yeah. when I started, I realized I could, which was great. So we started doing it purely online. And then last year, we had our first in-person retreat, which was fantastic. Yeah, and we got it again this year. Um, so we work online and we work in person. Okay. And is that like a, a regular kind of you work with people for a certain period of time or yes like with, the, uh, with the apprenticeship it's three to four years um depending on what we grow through or what we with each group um so this group now that i want the they're in their third year at the moment and they'll be finishing next year um they're coming to ireland which is great and um and we're walking the spiral which is a specific teaching that came through me as well which is a completion of the apprenticeship yeah and there are others who like to work with me from time to time um i go to different places where i offer teaching workshops um in the states or in canada and i also do shamanic sessions shamanic healings online and i also do esoteric astrology which i love <laughs> because i see that as your soul's choice as, as well so you know um yeah, I always try to, I always think that I'm not intense, but when I talk about my work, I realise I am intense. <laughs> I just don't realise it. I just don't acknowledge it as much, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I'm quite happy to not do most of the talking and just to listen, because I just want to hear what you have to say anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so it's interesting um, that what you're saying about, like, that it was, it's kind of come this lineage from your, your grandmother, because I think... Yeah quite often like I'm, I'm not sure about in Ireland because but um like in Britain for example there's it feels like there's a big 
a big break and like everybody we're kind of looking for lineages and we're sort of looking out to other countries and it's just it's yeah. nice to kind of realize that it is here that people there there is a lineage here that you yeah. just it's just difficult sometimes to find it I guess yeah. <laughs> yes yes absolutely and when I moved back to Ireland in 95 uh, 1995 and I started offering workshops and, and people were like we have it here in Ireland okay have you not seen your sacred sites you know it was just amazing to me and I think I was one of the first people to actually work with my own lineage there you know and now of course there are lots and lots of people that work with it which is wonderful but yeah we have a very very rich lineage very very rich and and you do in in, in England too you know you have that lineage too and it's really yeah, with Glastonbury as well and the priestesses and uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I just find it interesting because I have like I've kind of um, half English, half um, Iranian. So, like my Iranian side are very much into the whole kind of spiritual aspects, and there's a lot of kind of in that. But I, because I'm not there, I feel like I miss out a lot on it. So I feel like yeah. I have this kind of this need to connect with something, and it's quite difficult to to find, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And standing outside, standing barefoot on the grass. Mm -hmm. And just feeling the earth, knowing that your feet have roots. You might not see them, but they have roots. And those roots can go down through the earth, way, way down. And you can connect with your roots wherever you are in the world. Mm. It's like the tree's roots are all connected. All these roots are connected too. And for me, standing on the earth always holds me, supports me, just balances me in yeah. Mm. Taking time to be with nature. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I had COVID uh, at the very beginning and I was very, very ill, very, very ill. I wouldn't go and dance, but I live on my own. And um, after about two weeks, I had three days and nights where I could hardly breathe. I was like, <laughs> like this. And the third night, I went to bed and I was sitting up because I couldn't lie down and I thought, do you know, I can go. I, I'm okay. I can go. The children will be all right. The grandchildren will be all right. I can go. And apart, my brain wondered who was going to find my body in the bed. You know, would it be one of my cousins down the road or what? And I'm in and out of consciousness. And the next thing, I feel my arms being lifted, and I open myself. And I'm looking at a tree, and the tree has lifted me up, and it's putting my body around it. I'm on the end of this branch on right next to the trunk and my arms are put around the tree and I feel the tree starting to breathe into me and I think <clears throat> and then it settles and this goes on all night I don't know how long it went on but I went down into the roots of the tree and I saw the roots going into the roots of other trees and I saw all the fungi feeding it and I saw all the other trees breathing into this tree to breathe into me. And it was just absolutely incredible. And it was a beech tree. And by the morning, by sunrise, I was starting to go, ah, ah, and I was getting better. And I really feel and know that that tree gifted me back life. Mm. 
So when I was well enough, I went out to the beech trees and I gave them gifts, you know, as thanks. Mm. They gifted me that breath, but the oxygen we breathe comes from the tree. Yeah. And we give the tree the carbon dioxide it needs. We breathe with each other, for each other. Yeah. And just being with the tree and breathing, it sounds very simple, but actually it can bring you back into balance with yourself. Because we get so caught up with life, we get so caught up with everything that's going on around us and the intensity of everything we've got to be aware of. Mm-hmm. That we can forget that actually we are part of nature. Yeah. We are a part of this living earth. We're not imposing just ourselves upon it, but we are of it. Yeah. And if we can get that that memory, that recognition within us, we will start taking care of her as we should be. As we should be. How can we let our mother go the way that she's going right now? Because the thing is, she will take care of herself in the end. Yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we have to come back to that realisation that we are of the earth. We are part of the butterfly's wings. We are part of the daisy. You know, we are a part of. Yeah. And for me, all these things that we have to get, you know, get through and all the things that are happening, coming back to self, coming back to self. Because there's a program out there. There's a program that's trying to get us to forget. Mm. Economically, religiously, politically. They want to be but we are waking up on a mass level it's people are waking up all around the world mm-hmm. and so when you wake up you have to start making and taking choices and if you don't take a choice that in itself is a choice yeah um, I wonder if you can tell me actually about the shape like the Irish shaman and what it is that they what that makes them I don't what what's what's the tradition I guess or what's maybe what's makes them different? I don't know. <laughs> um I can I tell you about me. Yeah. Um well your lineage, yeah. My lineage, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um I call myself a shaman. Um the the word shaman on the book was actually put there because um both the publisher and Orla, who my like very dear friends who did the scribing for me, um, both said nobody would understand what the book was about if we don't put the word shaman. Because the, the teachings that I offer are three worlds. The lower world, middle world, upper world. The lower world, our place of power, our ancestors. If we don't know what we carry in honor of our ancestors, we don't have power. If we know what we're carrying, even though we might yet be ready to clear it, it gives us power. Because nobody can make you believe something you're not anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's our place of power, place of being, this reality, our place of spirit, the upper reality. And so I, I, I accepted that. That's fine. You know, they put it on the book. But actually, my word is Shaban. Okay. And the word Shaban was given to me by a very dear friend, Grania, Grania Omaraku. 
um, in the late 90s. I was working, I was staying at her place in Dublin. And she said to me, what exactly do you call your work? And I said, and I said, do you know, Grania, I haven't got a word for it yet. I haven't got a word. And she was a, an Irish teacher. She taught Irish, the language Irish, as her husband did. Um, she was a widow when I met her. They used to have a school for Irish, uh, for children, because in Ireland, um, it's a compulsory subject at school, unless you've got a specific learning difficulty or you move to Ireland after the age of 10. And so you need to have the subject. Every post person <laughs> has to speak Irish, you know, and all of that. So anyway, so she sat there and she said, well, of course you're a Chauvin. And as soon as she said the word, it was like, it popped in my brain. It was like, that's the word. That's the, I said, that's amazing. That's the word. That's the word. I said, where's that word come from? She said, oh, she said, it means an old woman, a, a wise woman, a healer. And she said, I think it comes from Donegal. It comes from Donegal. So I accepted the word. So I have used that. And sha in Irish, in Irish means yes. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, yes. And so ever since the beginning of the 90s, I've been using sha in groups. That when we come together, we pull up our energy up through our body and not down into our arm and step forward with our right fist and go sha. Like next, you know. And we do it at the end as well. Because yes, it will. We're taking our power, you know. And um, so Shaban was just perfect. It was just perfect. It just fitted perfect because Ban in Irish is woman. <laughs> so it's also the yes woman, you know. So uh, so the Shaban for me is the balance of the tradition that I was taught by my granny, by the stone people and the tree people that I explained about. And for us, the stone people are our story keepers. They are the bones of the earth. And they hold the story. And there are places you can go to where you can ask permission of the stones to see the stories. And they might show them to you. You might lie with your forehead on the stone or with your back on the stone. And just allow yourself to go into dream time. And you'll start seeing the story. Sometimes I see the story very clearly. Sometimes it's like watching when you watch a video and you're rewinding. I see it like a rewind. So it could be one or the other, you know. And so they are the keepers of the stories, the bones of the earth. And so between that and granny and, and spirit and the ancestors, that's where all my teachings have come from and come from. At one point, I wasn't sure if I was accessing the information through my own bones or I was being fed the information. But then it just didn't seem to matter because it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked and people have worked with it over the years and it's really assisted people so I know that it works and I feel very humbled and blessed by that you know, every time I see somebody take their power you know and really move on and move into themselves I feel so humbled by that I feel like oh I'm just, that's just so beautiful you know just a, such a, a beautiful thing to bear witness to mm -hmm. to be there while somebody is really claiming themselves, you know. Originally, it was voices I worked with, women's voices, getting women to use their voice, because a lot of women didn't have a voice. And in parts of the world, there are a lot of women still who don't have a voice. And I say, every time you speak your truth, you are speaking it not just for the women in your bloodline who could never speak, your foremothers, 
you can never speak their truth, but you're speaking it for every woman in the world today, every elder, every girl child who cannot speak that truth. Our voices must never be spilled again. So that to me is important. And in today's world now, when I'm meeting younger women coming, they've already claimed their voices, which is great, you know. Um, so we always begin by working with the ancestors, going down into our roots, because it's the roots that hold us, it's the roots that sustain us. So we always begin by working with the ancestors, meeting an ancestral teacher, an ancestral totem, and looking at the patterns that we carry in honor of our ancestors. Because we all carry patterns, and you probably see it yourself, you do things maybe like your mum without knowing it, you know, things of that nature. We all carry patterns of our people, and we all come from tribal people. All of us, all over the world, all go back to tribal people. And so I carry the energy of my tribes, my mothers and fathers, my mothers, mothers, fathers, mothers. But that energy is there. And there are patterns embedded in that, some that are very good, that are very healthy, that really hold me, but other patterns that will take energy from me, patterns that are not healthy like control. Control was a big thing for my mum. You know, um, we know in another my mother was probably high functioning. Very, very, very shy woman, very, very quiet. But she had the control of the house. <laughs> and my father would come in on a Friday and he'd put the wage packet on the table, which was very unusual in those days, especially for Irish man, you know. But she had all that control and I had to look at that for me. I had to realize when I get tired, I fall into control. It's my way to just get through until I can get to bed or until I can rest, you know. And so that's one of the first things I worked with. So looking at the patterns that actually don't feed you, that take energy from you, that you fall into instinctively. And so we begin to recognize the instinctive body is tied in to our ancestral energy. And so we begin to work with that. Sometimes we need to see where it started, why it started. So we journey into that. Other times, the ancestors might tell us just what to do about it, how to work with it, how to release it, how to maybe, like, for example, one woman I had um, that came to me for work, she was very depressed. Um, and in, in Ireland, we would say the sadness is upon me rather than I'm sad. In the Irish, you'd say the sadness is upon me. We recognize it's something there. And she was very melancholy. And when we worked together and journeyed, she found a woman, only going back to about three generations, who had died and not been buried in the graveyard. She had become pregnant and she'd been sent away to have the baby and she had died in birth. And so this woman went back into the uh, family, asking questions, going back, looking at birth certificates, looking at death, and didn't she find it? She found this woman's grave. And she went to the graveyard, and it wasn't near her, it was like maybe 150 miles away. She went there, and she saw this grave, and there were some other graves too, outside the graveyard. And she went and talked to the priest, and luckily he was a good man. And what he actually did is he actually took down the wall okay. between and he widened it out around it. 
and he did a blessing for each of those graves. And she put stones there and she put flowers, you know, and her melancholy left. Because she was carrying it for this great grandmother. So we can really sometimes see how it affects us and how it changes our lives. Yeah. And then when you have the uh, connection with your ancestors, when you're working with your lower world patterns, those instinctive patterns, it also gives you more ability to be more conscious in this reality, in the middle world. So you can begin to create your, your reality more easily. You can begin to attract it with hearts and love. So you can begin to attract what it is you know you need in life. But also, there's a big difference between what you want, what you need, and what's necessary. Mm. So a lot of people want things, but they don't necessarily need them. Or you might want a lovely new red car. Mm. You might need a car, but it's not necessary that it has to be new or that it has to be red. So as you grow more, as you become what I call awake more, conscious more, you begin to realize that actually the child wants things. You've got kids, you know, I want, I want, you know. <laughs> or when they begin to say their name, you know, Thomas wants. And the teenager needs things. Mom, I really need them. They're all wearing them, you know. And then the adult knows what's necessary. And it's the same with our growth. It's the same with our consciousness. We begin to realize actually what's necessary for us in life so that we can grow, so that we can continue to awaken and be a part of this living earth and a part of our human family. And so things break down. So all the things you think you want go and you slowly can begin to feel, see, understand, sense what it is that's necessary for you to actually live a life where you can breathe. When you become aware that you're breathing out more than breathing in, when you're just letting go. Ah. You're just letting go, just being with you. And how that then affects everybody around you as a mother. You know, when you get up in the morning, without you saying a word, your kids will instinctively pick up how you're feeling. Mm. You're feeling vulnerable or a bit weak or wobbly, they'll be kind of more crazy, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they feel that. They feel that, you know. It's a sense If you wake up and you're feeling good and strong, oh, they'll be good for you that day. They <laughs> <laughs> know that, you know. So it's really becoming aware of how we can be a part of and support also each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the upper world, the place of spirit, we are spirit in matter. We carry the presence of spirit within us, just as we carry our ancestors. You know, I just did a blog about light and dark coming up to the solstice, you know. And, um, and so when we open to spirit, we are opening to that space of light, that space of pure being. And we can begin to allow that to emanate through us and touch everything we do, everybody we meet, the person standing behind you or before you in the Tesco store or whatever it is, you know. 
Purely through your sense of being, do you change space? Purely through your sense of being, do you change space? Mm -hmm. Yes, that I said that's very much like the yeah. If you, you you can't change external things before you've changed yourself. So if you you have kind of if you, you're like a sort of center, I guess that you kind of radiate out. Yeah, makes sense. And yeah, yeah. And so do you um? So how do you how are you how do you how do you connect with the different the different realms? When you... um, I journey, so I will sit, um, I will, I'll often use the drum for the lower world, uh, for the middle world I will often tend to use a racket, and for the upper world I might use a racket, I might use music, um, and because that was where I worked a lot in my 20s, it's actually very easy for me to move into that realm. Right. You know? um, and now it's of course easy to, to or easier to work in the lower world as well and the middle world and the middle world, you know, it's so full. We have so much in the middle world. We have the, the turning of the great wheel, the wheel of the year, um, that shows us the pivotal points that happen throughout the year. So in Ireland we would have our four main pivotal points would be Samhain, which is um, the end of October, beginning of November. Uh, well, and these are now fixed points, but they in a, originally they were moon points. So it would be the dark moon. And then the waxing moon, the end of uh, January, beginning of November, of February, and um, the, the nearest waxing moon would be uh, in bulk, the Altana, which would be end of April, beginning of May, and that would be the full moon. And then the waning moon, would be nearest to the end of July, beginning of August, which is Lunasa. So there are four points, like an X. And for me, if you see a circle, these four points go just outside the circle. They're just straight through the circle. And inside, you've got four smaller points, like a cross, which is the solstices and the equinoxes. And they're static, they're sun points, they're solar points. And I'll get moon points, and they actually turn the wheel. They are hinges. And in our tradition, hinges are important because it's to do with the turning, the movement. So our four points actually turn it. So this middle realm is held by that wheel. And then we have, we have the elements. We have the elementals. All those in the elemental realm. And all over the world, you'll find stories of elementals mm -hmm. all over the world. And people that have never met others, never left their land, will have similar elementals. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've got so caught up in the techno age that we're not seeing anymore. Mm -hmm. Little children often see, babies can often see, you see them trying to grab. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we lost that and so we can move back to that again we can connect again with the elementals and um, and then it's to do with uh, soul retrieval, cutting the ties different kinds of feeling working with sound vibration colour is all to do with the middle world mm -hmm. um, house clearing, land clearing 
is it's all middle realm, shape-shifting, uh, trance dance, all middle realm. Mm -hmm. We have a lot in the middle realm that we can work with. And once, so once we have our roots strong and we know what we're carrying and we're working through that, we're then ready to participate in the middle realm, to be part of the creative process, to connect and to dream the earth's dream, to dream the dream of the earth, to dream this earth awake. You know, um, and I'm, I'm very strong with that, that we are here to dream with the earth and to dream her dream of the earth because we are tomorrow's ancestors. What are we leaving them? And the more we dream it, the more we are putting that electromagnetic energy into the realization of that. You know, in quantum physics, they say now, if you can see it in your mind's eye clearly, if you can see it, you can create it. Mm -hmm. So every time we see the earth in beauty, every time we see people cooperating together, hands touching hands, every time we see things working and healing and growing, we are feeding that into tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We are the seeds of tomorrow. And for me, that's really important to do that. I, I have it on YouTube. It's called The Earth Dreams. And the Earth gifted me that in the mid-90s. And I've been dreaming it ever since. And for about 15 years, I dreamed it every night before I went to sleep. I just made a point of it, you know. And every group I work in, I share it. Because to me, right now, that is one of the most important things, is to dream the Earth. That's why we're here. We're not here out of a mistake. We're not here so that we can watch what's happening. We're here to be a part of it. You know, and, and all the chaos that is happening is because things have to be broken down, to be broken into. So that... So that, um, that video, video you said is on YouTube, is it like a guided meditation? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can sit back, close your eyes and listen. Um, you can watch it <laughs> however you wish. Yeah, I, I, I did it. And then, uh, and all the pictures on it are local to us where I live in Ireland with Kerry. And then my son put some, just some quiet music on in the background. I'll have a look, try and link that in. Find that link in. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you might have talked about everything that I was going to ask you about. So <laughs> I'm just looking at my questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you can, um, maybe you, you could tell me how, how people could connect with you if they want to connect with you. Yes. So I have a webpage, Celtic Soul Journeys, and that's a YS, CelticSoulJourneys.com. And that's, uh, shows you everything I do and at the end of each page you can join um, a mailing list and I do a monthly blog uh, which is again something that's quite <laughs> it's only been since COVID I never did that before either really odd talking to yourself you know looking at yourself on Zoom on but anyway I've got used to that and that's great um, I, I just say I really like I always want to sign up people's blogs and things but and newsletters yeah. but then I never have time to read them so having it yeah. as a a video that's just really good <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's more my forte because of the dyslexia yeah. i'm not a writer 
you know. Um, but I've learned that from you. Yeah, so yeah, so that's the blog. And so um, that really shows everything. Uh, and I put up where I'm working and where I'm working. Um, and if anybody wants to invite me, if they have a group, um, that's great too. I love that. Um, to, to go and um, to offer, offer these teachings or to do, occasionally people like me to come and just do an introduction, which I like too. Because um, I had a woman once who said, oh, uh, I have a group and we want to do your apprenticeship. And I said, but you've never met me. <laughs> you've never experienced my work, you know. So um, so people need to kind of experience it first and feel into it. Does that work for them or does it not? Does it fit or does it not? You know? um, so, yeah, so often the first workshop I'll do in a place will be an introduction. And then they'll often have me back there to do more advanced work afterwards. So all of that can be done through the web page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, quite like, I like Sandra, it sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice web page, I like it myself. We, we did that as well. Actually, that was when I had COVID, I was dying with the COVID. And the, the woman who did the web page kept asking me all these, I thought she was going to do it. I was that naive. I thought, oh, you just pay her and she'll do it. You know, <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. You have to keep giving information. And, and it's like, oh, I'm dying here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we got it through it. We got through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. And people can also buy your book. The... People can buy my book, The Where the Shaban. Um, and that's S-E-A-B-H-E-A-N. And you can get that on Amazon. You can get it through Womancraft Publishing, uh, which is based in East Cork in Ireland. Uh, and they are the publishers themselves. Oh yeah, so you can see that either way too. Great. And I think you you generously said that you you could donate something for the for my patron page. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and I'll send that to you. Is that okay? Yes, I'll send Great. you the link. Yes, yes. Great. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. It's been really nice talking to you. I was lovely talking to you and getting to know you. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.